This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details. Back row and chill with Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio. Boom, we're back after Easter. Oh, what an Easter it was. Oh, what an Easter. Uh, it's Johanna James, and I'm joined today by. Get it right. Get it right. I want to say the wrong word. Oh, Ozzy Achilles! There we go, yes! yes. Third time's the charm. <laughs> I probably had stage fright then. <laughs> oh no. Um, Ozzy is my co host for today. Indeed, I am. He's filling in for, for Noel Clark. Mr. Clark. Um, so, welcome, welcome. Thank you. And, um, right, so we've got a packed show for you today. We've got lots of guests coming on. We've got Lucy Patterson doing film reviews. We've got all the latest in the entertainment gossip. And what's coming out in the cinema? What's good? What's not? What's. You know, what you should be spending your, your dosh on. I just watched Power Rangers, and I'm not going to lie to you, I really liked it. I really liked it too. I thought it was dope. And I think the re- the reviews of that film are, are very, very bad, but the film was amazing. I don't really look at reviews. I'm my own reviewer. Same. Thanks also, this might, like, I'm going to feed myself to the lions here. I watched Ghost in the Shell as well, even though that was, like, widely boycotted. But mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was also pretty fucking dope, man. It yeah. was a good film. Be your own reviewer, I say. Yeah. So no, I was I was a massive. Actually, I've got a lot of the song the songs from Power Rangers, the soundtrack, because I've been listening to that all week. <laughs> it's good. So we're going to be playing. Actually, let's kick off right now with something from Power Rangers. Let's have a look. What have I got? What have I got? What have I got? What Who's have I got? your favorite Power Ranger? Oh, um, the yellow one. Billy was mine. He was so cool. Oh, but of course, in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. At, he stole the show. Yeah, he did. The blue parody. It was the Billy show. Totally. St- I want like a just spin off of just him. <laughs> that would be great. Um, this is uh, one of my favorite songs from the Power Rangers soundtrack. It's called Hand Clap. Uh, this is background chill. See you in a second. <laughs> Amazing. Love that song. Love that song. Gets me up in the morning. On the tube. It did the job. It did. It did the job. Uh, we were just having a quick talk uh, behind backstage, behind stage, off mic, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> while the song was on, about montage music, because I think that was in a montage in the Power yes, Rangers movie. Yes, it was, when they were getting their asses handed to them by the putty monsters, or the and holograms, I, actually. The, the putty monsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's the putty monsters! Um, yeah, I love a movie montage. It's one of my favourite things ever about movies. It's one of my life goals, to be in a movie montage. Um, and Ozzy just said, why don't you make your own? So I think I am. I think Boom. I'm, there you go. I'm going to go just make my own. Make that shit happen. Movie montage. Um, and I mean, obviously I'm thinking like epic movie montages that comes to mind like Rocky. Rocky or the Creed film had one just oh, like Rocky. Oh, that's had a very, yeah, yeah, which was, you know, like you know? Rocky 2. Have there been any in the Marvel films? There's got to be. There must have been. Oh, Tony when he's like trying to suit on for the first time like an Iron Man 1, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. There's a really good one in Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't remember that one. Oh yeah, when it's what? like it's like Mrs. Doubtfire uh, learning to be Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire, Doubtfire. <laughs> starts off and he can't like cook, he can't clean, and by the end of it, he's like boogieing with the Hoover and stuff. Yeah, to, to, it's um to um a dude looks like a lady. Oh from yes, that's, yes, that's like that epic was it. Montage yeah. moment. That was good. If we're missing any montage moments that that should be mentioned, like email in chill at Fubar Radio or tweet us at Foobar Radio and we will give you a shout out let us know if there's any like top movie montages or top movies that you think deserve some airspace we yeah will, we'll oh Karate them. Kid obviously what the hell oh my gosh see see oh gosh. Like the more you think yeah. the more you're like god that makes the movie <laughs> bloody makes the movie um Right, entertainment news. Thought a little bit, uh, this is the part of the show where we tell you what's going down in the world of entertainment, so let's just uh, intro this right now. It's the entertainment news! news. (laughs) 
love that you just like went with it there. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's cool. Fuck it, let's just go. On the bar, let's do this. <laughs> right, so uh, top of the entertainment news, uh, Kira Knightley has appeared. She's popped up in the latest trailer for the new Pirates of the Caribbean Five. Isn't she in all of them? I've no. never watched the Pirates of the Caribbean before. Get out! No, I haven't. No, I'll go now. Sorry, my bad. run, rabbit, run. <laughs> Get out! I've never, I've never watched one. It just never really appealed to me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I remember, I watched, um, when I think I was about, what was I, like 12, 13 when the first one came out. I went to the cinema three times, which is a wow. lot of pocket money that's, that's for like a, a 12 po- year yeah, old. Cinema as well, man. Damn. I, yeah, I went three times. I was in love with the film. I wanted to be Elizabeth Swan. <laughs> I wanted to be Jack Sparrow as well. Weird. <laughs> and um, I loved it. And then I didn't really, like the, the second and the third, I watched just kind of because it had But wait, there's in. five of them? Mm-hmm. They must be good films then. Maybe I should give it a ganders. Like, well, definitely watch the first one. What would you compare it to? Oh my god, it's like, it's like um, action. Well, that's the thing. It's it's a genre. It's a pirate genre. It, it's not quite oh. being replicated. So okay, it's action adventure comedy, but there's also magic. Yeah. So has it got some folklore? Because I know that there was like Blackbeard in one of them or yeah, something. Yeah. So they take a bit of history. So you've got like historical characters, like like um, the historical pirates and whatnot. But they mix it in with uh, sort of spooky voodoo stuff. So the Curse cool. of the Black Pearl. All okay. the pirates are, are, are dead. Huh. And, you know. And there's like David. so zombie pirates. Pretty much, yeah, zombies. That's that sounds dope. Zomb- Why have I not watched Why this? Why have you not? If you know me and you haven't recommended this film to me, then we are no longer friends because that on, sounds man. fucking dope. It's so good. But what happened? So this was uh, 10... No, not even that. It was the year 2000 they filmed the original one. It is so old. Wow, yeah, that's Making like, me feel old. It's like kids who were born in the year 2000 are almost allowed in clubs now. That's how old that is. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. That is old. Please, can someone make a pill to shrink your age? Please, quickly. I'm like firmly believing that we're going to be of the age where we're going to like... Transfer our consciousness into robots. Or something. Please, <laughs> please. Uh, but so this was a long time. Pirates of the Caribbean was 2000. Wow. And then the last one that um, Will Turner... And so there's like a love story that goes on between Elizabeth uh, Swan, who is Kira Knightley's character, and Will Turner, who's played by Orlando Bloom, Legolas. Oh, yes, I know Legolas. Yeah, so Legolas and Kira Knightley, they get it on. And <laughs> Let's get it on. They are f- appear in the first three films, and it ends with them having a kid. Oh, wow. And uh, so that was 2000. And seven. Is this going to be like a fast forward thing, or yeah? So in in two thousand and seven, the kid was ten. Yeah. Uh, 10-ish, 10, 11. And now it's like 10 years later and there was all this speculation that, that Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom were going to come back. It's confirmed. They're both in the trailer. They're both in the next movie. And then the new young hot lead is their son. <laughs> oh, I get it now. Okay. That's, that's a bingeable weekend of Pirates of the Caribbean. For sure. <laughs> Swashbuckling. Um, so I'm, I'm so psyched. I can't decide whether I'm more excited for the new Pirates of the Caribbean or the new Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. Guardians they're... all day, mate. Oh, no, yes. No, they're both good. They're Guardians both good. is so sick man and now like the whole team is a lot bigger like the guy with the little whistle stick that kills you with a tune or whatever he's part of the Guardians now Nebula's part of the Guardians now it's like a team of just fucking badass motherfuckers it's so dope well actually I've got the Guardian Galaxy gossip here so apparently according to the because I haven't seen it yet but people who have early reviewers have said that Baby Groot just steals the show Groot's always going to steal the show just steals the movie and there is like talks and sparks about a baby spin group off. spin-off. Yeah, with, it's got to be with Rocket, though. It has to be with Rocket. I hope so. Group can't do nothing on his yeah, own. Yeah, it's just that. That's going to be like a Minions film where they just don't really say anything. I mean, you know? I could write the script dialogue for that. <laughs> uh, there is apparently a, a gay subplot in the current, uh, the, this film, current film coming up. 
Um, with who? They're speculating about who it's going to be with. I Drax. think it's Nebula. Nebula? The sister door. Oh, yeah, totally. Obviously, yeah, it has to be her. She's, I think yeah. she's got a bit of a gay vibe. Yeah, because, you know? like, Zoe Saldana's character and Chris Pratt, they're going to get it on. They're for sure. They have to. Um, but, so, um, yeah. and, well, the film's, the plot of the, this film apparently is about two sisters. Uh, it's about the, the two sisters. And okay. Them, you know, oh, so. yeah, because Thanos is the big bad, and that's their daddy. And their daddy. But the Thanos is not going to be... He's not going to appear in this film. What? Because they, fo- they want to focus it on the two sisters, and Thanos is going to oh. s- steal the limelight being the big daddy boss guy. Oh, damn. And uh, James Gunn has just signed on, who's the director, to, to do um, Guardians 3. Of dope, course. dope. The Guardians were like... Uh, they were like the... Deadpool of that year like nobody yeah. expected it to be that good I just went along like what, what is this <laughs> this is amazing but it was weird because I knew two people who were in it oh, yeah because it filmed in London didn't it it filmed in yeah. London and I recognised there was lots of little characters that got given to sort of sort of you know semi unfamous actors who I, I I had worked with both of them uh, and one girl was from my drama school so oh, it sick. kind of ruined it a little bit because I was like oh did she tell you what was happening and stuff Max I work with him. Um, took the, when you know people in the screen, I mean, you must get that a lot because yeah, um, it's hard to like. I don't know. If I see a friend in something, then that's my brethren. No matter how good they are as an actor, it's like, yeah, but we went drinking last week, so I can't really take this too seriously. Yeah. Even when I see myself and stuff, it's the same kind of deal. Like, yeah, because if anyone doesn't know, Ozzy is a. Uh, actually, yeah, really, you're getting out there as an actor. I'm you're, trying. I'm just trying everywhere. to pay my bills. You know. You, I mean, let's just give yeah, the people a little rundown of your recent CV because it's very <laughs> impressive. What, oh, man. what have you doing? What have you been up to? Uh, the last thing that I did was a Lars von Trier film. Lars oh. von Trier is a director who did uh, Nymphomaniac. Uh huh. Know him. And it was a film called Jack the Ripper, which was about. No, it was called House of Jack Bill, which is about Jack the Ripper. Oh, okay. And Matt Dillon was playing Jack the Ripper. That's all I can say about that. And then I did Black Mirror, and then there's a film called Sandcastles that's coming out today on Netflix. So, you know, just casually, like, in all of that bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I just, like, work here and, like, you know. I bet you... Who, who is... Let's do... Uh, who is the most sort of high-profile person that you've got on your in your phone contact? Oh, goddamn. Um, like, have you got, like... I got, I got Spider-Man in my phone book. What, the current The, the current, current Spider-Man. Yeah, I did a film of him years ago. We're still friends. That's cool. Oh, my God. Spider-Man. Um, yeah. I, got, I got Matt Dillon in there from... Yeah. Um, Jesse Pinkman. <gasps> no. From um, Breaking Bad and um, Friday Night Lights. He was in Black Mirror with me. That was, that was a lot of... Oh, and Michaela Cole. That's mental. Yeah. Oh they're, they are, they're probably the highest, I think. Everybody else just didn't want to give me that number because <laughs> like, I'm a really weird dude, so it's understandable. Probably, you probably shouldn't open with that when you meet someone. <laughs> like, I can have your Hi, can I have your number, please? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks. I'd be like, who's this dude? <laughs> um, wow, that's cool. I mean, I, I don't have any... Oh, who have I got in my... Um, uh, Noel, that doesn't really. He doesn't really. He doesn't seem famous to me. He's oh just shit, my, Noel Clark, yeah. He's just my mate. So I've got Noel. Snap. Uh, I have Natasha Benningfield. Oh cool. Friends with her. I recently did a sketch of her, which is quite fun. Oh cool. She kind of reached out to me and said, "Do you want to do a sketch?" Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I don't know any other famous people. Oh my god, I bet there's probably some famous people that are on my phone, but like, dude, me. But um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, right. Oh yes, back to entertainment news. Yes. That's where we were. What's going so, on in La La Land? Um. Right, yeah, he says so. Kira Knightley's in Paris, the Caribbean. Uh, Disney is going on this huge. Um, I'm going to say bender. I don't think it's a bender. <laughs> uh, it's basically got, it's remaking its entire library of Disney films Everything into live action. Everything that you grew up on yeah. over the next ten years is going to be live action, 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 action. That's good. You Starting with Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> I can show you the world <laughs> in 3D. <laughs> 
true. Oh my god. And I heard a rumor, and I can't fully confirm this, but I heard from like a source from somewhere in, you know, behind the lines that the reason why apart from just like Trump making billions and billions of dollars, the reasons why Disney are they have to, they have to remake everything if they want to keep Oh, they'll the, lose the rights. The copyrights. Right? Yeah. To it because they they only originally bought the copyrights for something like fifty years. Yeah. So if they want to keep the song copyrights, which is worth so much money so and much. it's all the Disney it's the Disney. And their merchandise Empire. as well. Exactly. Yeah, they have to. So they gotta remake everything. So they are making everything for from Lion King. Well they've already done Beauty and the Beast, huge success. Lion King, Donald Cinderella. Glover's playing Simba. That's For pretty sure. dope. Yeah. Um, and they are doing Aladdin and they're casting it at the moment and talks are that Will Smith is gonna play the genie. genie. How do we feel about that? Tweeting on Fubar Radio. Yeah, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, obviously Robin Williams was and is and always will be the genie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think he should Apparently so much of the original genie from Robin Williams was all just ad lib. He just came really? in and he just went see, off. You see what well, I think we have the technology to just take all of the original genie stuff and just mess around with what he's saying to make it say other stuff so we could still have Robbie Willi- Robin Williams doing it. Robbie Williams, that'd be a different <laughs> That'd genie. be an interesting genie, yeah. Hey, kids, have some drugs. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I love Will Smith, but come on, man. That's, a, that's a, like an iconic character. Just... Let I don't it, know. What live. are we thinking? Let us know. Tweet us in at Fubar Radio. Uh, do you think Will Smith is it a yes or a no? Is it yay or a nay? Maybe we'll do a, a poll um, <laughs> if we think yeah. And if you can think of anybody else who'd be a better genie, you know, I'll take a whack at it. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe a girl genie. Why not? Yeah, mix it why, up? Not? yeah. why not? Why does it have to be, you know, I'm sure like Dawn French or someone would be a funny genie. Uh, right. I forgot, but we have lots of competitions to do and give away and 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 all of that whatnot. So let's let's uh, let's see who won from a couple of weeks ago. So we've got two competitions to give away. So the first one we're going to do now, um, and the winner is no, there's no winner. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Anticlimactic. Oh no, I'm just reading. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, okay, right, right, let's start again. <laughs> we have two competitions to give away today. So, the first one, you can win a prize bundle for the DVD release of Sully Miracle on the Hudson. Damn. Tom Hanks. So, it includes a DVD, a Sully hoodie, a duffel bag, a Sully cap, t shirt, and Captain Sully's autobiography, and a world clock. That's dope. Everybody needs a clock. Who doesn't want a clock? Do you know, you know, what, know I mean? what I mean? <laughs> so, the, the DVD is available now and on Blu-ray um, and it, yeah Tom Hanks plays Captain Sully I haven't seen that film it's either. the emergency plane landing on the River Hudson didn't that get nominated for stuff yeah. lots and lots of like yeah, I heard that was really good. so to win all you have to do is follow us at Fubar Radio on the Twitter and just retweet the image that we're about to put out now and we will announce the winner next Friday uh, also we've got another competition coming up later in the show so <laughs> stay tuned um, oh I've got some songs to show you today. Okay, hit right, me. Right, okay. Hit I've me. got like a wide selection of songs. But I've also been looking into TV themes and things like that. But then I've been looking into remixes. Remixes of, of original TV show themes. I know, right? How like weird and left wing okay, can we go? Okay. I found one from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, that's a classic. And I'm actually I'm actually loving it. So I'm going to play it now. I'm going to start getting because it's nearly the weekend. I'm going to like officially call the weekend. It is the weekend. Now. Thursday's a new Friday. Let's do this, mate. So this is possibly the only song that I can rap along to <laughs> as a young white girl. Uh, we're going <laughs> to we're going to play it now. It's background and chill. <laughs>
I approve. Great. That was dope. Did you like that song? Yeah, I know, that right? That was cool, man. That was a cool yeah. little. I'm gonna. If you like that, let us know. I might do some more like popular TV show remixes. <laughs> right, we've got our first guests in the studio. We've got Sabina and Ziva. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you've you. Come Thank you. in. Yes, welcome, welcome, Football Radio. Um, you've come in to talk to us about your new film, Letters from Baghdad. That's correct. So, if you'd like to let our listeners know, sort of what it's about and a little bit of the backstory and the synopsis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Jump on that mic. It's, um, it's about Gertrude Bell. Uh, she's sometimes called the female Lawrence of Arabia. Hmm. She was the most powerful woman in the British Empire uh, during and after World War One, And she helped establish Iraq. Oh, wow. And, and wow. the Iraq Museum. Wow. So she was really She's pretty badass then. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That is exactly the word we used to describe. Is this quite a, like an action packed kind of film or um, well, there is action in it. Yes, <laughs> at one point she traveled uh, on her own, uh, actually the first woman to do a solo expedition to sort of the center of uh, what is today Saudi Arabia. It's oh, a wow. city called Hail, and she was attacked and she uh, handled some business. She, yes, <laughs> and she even was thrown in prison and solitary confinement for. 10 days yeah and so so yes she had some uh, very <laughs> action packed journeys she loved she was a risk taker she hmm. loved adventure and anything really exciting breaking all the norms before breaking the norms is a thing i love the it's <laughs> an untold true story and but i i googled her a little bit um after looking at this and it's weird how um what's well, a shame how so much of her is sort of written out of history so what you guys are doing is you're trying to put a back into the history books and being like no look at this which film is such a fantastic way to get people to know about stories and history exactly it was so incredible to us because when we were reading about her she's so much more important and influential than Lawrence of Arabia and mm. it's really amazing that he's like a household word and people don't know who she is yeah, yeah. when we did our research we, you know, we went often uh, on the train traveled in the train in, in the UK I mean we were we thought in the US where we're from New York we thought it's okay if people don't know her she's a British you know a, a British character but when we were traveling through the UK going up to the archives and doing our research we often would ask people on the train in the restaurant every, anybody we could meet and ask them do you know who Gertrude Bell is and nobody knew mm. it's That's she's really 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 under recognized so we hope that this will change Amazing. as of tonight <laughs> so making the movie how did the film sort of come together did you guys where did the story come from and well, we, um, we worked together on another film about mm -hmm. an incredible woman named Ruth Gruber. Uh, that film was ahead of time, and I produced it, and Sabina edited it. And um, Sabina asked Ruth if she knew um, Gertrude Bell to Ruth. Ruth said no, but I had just read uh, Gertrude Bell's biography. And we started thinking right then in 2009 about the idea of moving forward with uh, a documentary. Amazing. And how long, how long did it take to sort of to actually film? And well, uh, our film um, has 75% archival footage. So oh, wow. the majority of uh, what is in there took time to research and find 
So, so we didn't film that, but that was actually a very, very important part of the project because all these um, this footage is from the turn of the century. We weren't sure would we going to find anything, mm. and so we asked the archives to go into their vaults and um, b- sometimes based just on keywords, like you know, we're looking for footage um, from Jordan or Syria. This is uh, all the places that Gertrude Bell traveled to. And said, you know, please, can you look in your vaults? And then if they did find it, we had them re-digitize them at high resolution. So when you see the film on the big screen, it looks so crisp, like as if we had shot it. In fact, often people come up to us and said, how were you able to get this footage (laughs) and shoot this with all these, like, interesting boats and these, you know, street scenes? And we said, this is original footage from 1900. (gasps) Wow. So what was the time frame? It was after World War One, which was yes. around, what, 1918? 1918. She was in, um, she started in 1915 in Cairo in the Arab Bureau. Uh, and then she moved to Iraq in 1917 to work in, as Oriental Secretary in the Colonial Office. And, um, and then she stayed there until her death in 1926. Oh, she died really early. She did. Shortly before her 58th birthday. Wow. Oh, wow. So where can people see, if they're, if they're in listening to this and they're like, right, I'm intrigued, I want to know all about Gertrude, how would they find and be able to, to see letters from Baghdad? Well, starting tonight, it's going to open at Picture House Central and, and Dock House Curzon Bloomsbury. And they can go on the website of our wonderful distributor, Verve Pictures, and their website is vivaverve.com. And we are actually booked into 40 cities oh, around, around the UK. That's dope. Amazing. And then eventually, is it going to be able to, you, you'll be able to buy it? And yes. yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. They'll be streaming DVDs. And on June 2nd, we're opening in the States in New York. Oh, amazing. But we but you're going to open here first. So yes. We can, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel very honored. Thank Premier. you. Thank you. Oh, this is so <laughs> exciting. And, um, and so, so it's, more, it's a documentary. Do you have any sort of... Um, What's that word when you when you do like a vis- visualization of what happened? Do you have anyone playing reimagining Gertrude? reimagining of, of footage that you couldn't get a hold of? And what we did, which is um, quite unique, is we we used all primary source material. So the script was built from the primary source material, the verbatim taking letters, documents, memoirs of people that interacted with Gertrude Bell. And f- f- um, mostly her own letters, uh, and then we we shot interviews with actors that are re- performing the letters. Or oh, okay, re- as if like monologues. W- yeah, like, as if they were being interviewed. So oh, the okay. film is actually kind of like a documentary that could have been shot three years after Gertrude Bell's death. Oh, oh. that's so cool. Okay, like the thing, one thing that we're really excited about is that. Tilda Swinton reads the letters of Gertrude Bell. Oh, that's dope. So really so fabulous. Yeah. She's amazing. Oh, amazing. Oh, we've just had a tweet in from Lucy from Sheffield who says, Will this be in any film festivals? It was, uh, we, I mean, we did our premiere at the London BFI festival in in, um, last fall. And. Uh, it is now mainly in theatres in the it, UK. Okay, it's yes. done from we the festival. Yes. festival. Okay, so it wasn't a festival, Lucy. Missed the boat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Never mind. It's amazing. And so, so you guys, you've worked together before on the previous um, yes. film. Yes. But this is our di- first time we've directed. Okay. Okay. And have you got any other? So what's, what are you looking forward next to? Well, we're a lot of ideas are percolating. We're definitely fascinated with women that are underrepresented in history. Mm-hmm. So it might be another story like that. And uh, well, right now we're, we're totally dedicated to getting this film out. Yeah, okay. Still it's a labor of love. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, this is really exciting. I like that. And especially as... Um, this whole area in the world right now is in the news a lot, but for very different reasons. Yeah. Like Syria, there's, no, there's not a lot of positive stuff yeah, coming out the, of there. Um, and it, it seems quite alien that a British, a young British woman, would be like, oh, "I'm going to go move to Iraq." <laughs> um, it would, wouldn't be something that a lot of young British women would do now because it's such a zone of conflict. Well, that's the thing. One of the things that was so exciting for us when we looked at all the footage and with the when you see the film, you see this world that you can't possibly imagine. F- the Middle East from a hundred years ago. If you're yeah. looking at Baghdad and Damascus and Tehran and Cairo, really, really opens your eyes, I think. Mm. And there are also quite a few parallels in in the film to today and to the 2003 invasion or occupation of Iraq by the U.S. and the Brits. Uh, So it is politically a very interesting film to see as well because it explains or at least enlightens uh, viewers about why certain things happened Mm. today. Because I, I remember seeing some photos of the 60s and the 70s of, of Iraq and then they put the, obviously the same location and they showed it today. And it is like, wow, before it was beautiful. Really? The streets were beautiful, beautiful. and there was colour. And, and That's and so weird to think of because all I, all I can really imagine is what the news shows me from ex- when I was a yeah. kid. Like No, this was a beautiful street. It had palm trees, coloured cars. Um, it was like shops. It was. It looked like really cosmopolitan. That's dope. Like, in like, the a, 60s. like a Cuba kind of thing? Yeah, it was, okay. it, was, it was kind of what I think we would probably imagine like... Uh, an Egypt or a Cairo oh, okay because um, that's everyone's Brits for some reason seem to think Egypt's they're like safe they're like oh I'll go holiday <laughs> to Egypt that's fine but you wouldn't be like oh, I'm going to go Syria yeah but um, the, uh, the one other thing that's really interesting about Gertrude Bell is that she was a fantastic photographer and she left 7,000 photographs oh, wow. and, and some of them are all of, of ancient sites that ISIS has now blown oh, to pieces goodness. wow so that's sort of interesting has too. she got like a collection in of, of all the fo- photographs. Yes, her archive is at Newcastle University. Okay. You could cool. do like a Gertrude Bell Instagram with 7,000 posts there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of followers, That's I think. a lot of followers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> Start the Instagram. Everything's on the, on the gram now. Um, amazing. Oh, we've just had a, um, a little question come in, which I think would be good to put to the table. It's not directly related, but we're talking about female directors because obviously you guys are female um Anne Hathaway has recently been quoted saying she got skeptical about being cast in a film when there was a female director and she was saying that she felt bad what the hell yeah she said that she felt um well she realized that it was like a subconscious skepticalness that was coming through like a programmed thing yeah she said that she was almost like interesting yeah um yes like like in 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 her subconscious she would automatically think oh mm, this may be yeah difficult or the film may never get released because who who goes to see films by women directors that's incredible it's very interesting i mean we we are obviously you know it's us and we are 
showing a film that is about a very important, very interesting woman. Mm. So there is almost like a sort of a double whammy, two female directors with a film about a woman that is, um, you know, uh, can be a role model to so many other women. But but I think that um, it's true there is still uh, less women directors. We spoke with uh, Mia Bays, who actually has an interesting um, series called uh, Bird's Eye View, and it's all about female directors and, and female-driven films. And and it seems that there is a lot of women I- I initially, but when it comes down to the larger, the higher positions, it all of a sudden drops off mm. the percentage. Yeah. But the thing is that's so ironic is that a really high percentage of the box office of people who go to movies are women. So that is what is you know, so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice, uh, that's an, uh, do, you, do, you, do you think it's going to be changing any, any quicker? Because I know like maybe like 10, 20 years ago it would have been a very different scene to what it mm. is now because although there aren't a lot, there are still more than there was before. So it is yes. changing, but what do you think needs to be done to really well, change it? I think that um, one thing that has to happen is that women get more access to the funding because funding makes the world go round. Yeah, and that's if, every project. Yeah. Exactly. And if the funders are more hesitant to f back female directors, less female directors are going to get their films made. So we sort of have to start in the minds of the people who have yeah. the money. With the funding. So yeah. like even, even above the producers and stuff, we need yeah. the... Okay. That's Financial backers yeah. to, yeah. to yeah. have a bit of faith. Yeah. Exactly. And also maybe it's by sort of... A, constantly saying female directors we should just be talking about we're directors, directors. Yeah, they're directors yeah. they're producers they're equal to to the men why why even single them out I think that's a really good point like just stop the segregation altogether yeah, you are what you are you're a, doesn't yeah. matter um, gender race anything I remember actually I did a bit of research uh, last week and it was because uh, I didn't realise it was this low but 30% of Hollywood speaking roles were female 70% of the speaking roles last year were recorded as male and 30%. And I was like, well, we wow. don't say a lot, do we? <laughs> um, which wow. is like, weird because I talk more than anyone. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> hence the radio show. <laughs> but um, that was like crazy. And 2% were lesbian and gay. Teeny tiny. And 12.9% uh, leading roles were from an ethnic minority. So it's kind of, you know, if you're basically a lesbian black lady, you, you're not saying a lot <laughs> <laughs> in uh, Hollywood movies, which is like, well, we should really, really need to like do something about that. It's crazy, which is mental because um, they say that, but then you know the female Thor comics yeah, yeah. outsold the, the Thor comics, Thor. and I'm, I, Iron Man's a girl now as well in the comics. She's a is a black girl called Riri in the comics. Mm. So when Robert Downey Jr. goes, maybe he's going to get taken over by. A black girl. Hopefully, maybe. <laughs> I think they need to catch up because in comic book sales, and in comic book it's not uncommon, so Deadpool was originally uh, bisexual. And they, they and, or, or, or he was. He was asexual or, or something like that. Just really ambiguous sexuality. Yeah, but basically. Yeah. And then they, they like made sure he was straight for the film. I think yeah. Hollywood kind of like, oh, that's interesting. they shave it all down. Yeah. Um, but in the comic book world, obviously the fans are, are loving it and they accept way more. Way more women, way more yeah. everything. Um, One thing that is interesting, actually, in the documentary world, there are a lot of women. Mm -hmm. A lot of women directors are coming up in the documentary world. 
That's good. So it's different. I guess Hollywood is sort of its own animal. Ho- yeah, Hollywood Bad is animal. It's a bit late to the game, isn't it? It's, it really is a bit late. But it's starting to move. Like the whole uh, Moonlight winning the best picture, which is fantastic, but it's almost like we shouldn't really be like be going, oh, this is amazing. We should just be like, oh, amazing. One best picture. Cool. Next. Um, yeah. It shouldn't be yeah. like a heart, you know. But um, interesting that Anne Hathaway spoken up about that, about saying she's being honest and saying, I uh, in the if if I knew it was a script coming from a woman, I was automatically looking for the faults, and if it was a man, I was automatically relaxed. Wow, well, it was good that she was honest about that. Yeah, so she's Mm -hmm. saying this is not right. Why do I feel like this? I need to like. Mm. Yeah, good. Um, so this is interesting. So keep going. This is amazing. And anyone who's just tuning in, we're talking about Letters from Baghdad, which is a new film about Gertrude Bell, who was a kick-ass. Lady of the 19th century? 20th century. 20th century. 20th century. The Wonder Woman of the 20th century. Yes, yeah, she go. was. Yeah, she was. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Amazing. It Amazing. was great. Chat, thank you. And uh, just to catch up, you can check out Letters from Baghdad from tonight. Was that right? Yes. Up Picture House. Um, Picture House. Curzon. And Doc Curzon. And VivaVerve.com has uh, all of the uh, listings. VivaVerve. Nice. Viva that sounds, Verve. sounds better in an American <laughs> accent. Rolls off the tongue. VivaVerve. Uh, VivaVerve. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> right, we're going to go back to some Power Rangers soundtrack, I think, because I'm loving that movie at the moment. <laughs> so this is Ring of Fire from the Power Rangers. This is Bat Rowan Show. This poppy says Ken Jones. And usually I like to be in the front, but right now this is Bat Rowan Chill. That's like the coolest. That was so cool. I didn't know I've got from Ken Jones. Thank you so much, babe. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, earlier in the show, we asked you guys, we talked about movie montages and what were the, your favorite ones or if you had any epic movie montages that we didn't shout out. So uh, Jordan Parsons on Twitter said, hashtag movie montage, best ones have to be from Footloose and Team America. You mentioned... That said the Team America one. Yes. Well, the, 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 the soundtrack to the montage is him explaining what is happening in, in the, the montage. montage. <laughs> Brilliant. So fucking um, someone oh, from Lou says Footloose is the best montage of all time Kevin Bacon was so hot never seen Footloose oh my god <laughs> oh my god no it's good it's really good I don't like musicals but you know what That was. this is good this is like 80 Kevin Bacon is this kid oh I like Kevin Bacon Hollow like, Man it was a great film yeah. Outback American Town where dancing is banned it's like right, a very right religious so. very joking. religious <laughs> town I'm joking. To all my dancer mates, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so basically the town council say that the, the dancing um, it means promiscuousness. Oh. I was like, little did they know that the twerk was yet to be invented. <laughs> this is just 80s dancing. Um, so they banned all the kids. So the kids used to go out and, like, dance on the... Have these secret little dance rooms. Secret rooms. dance, which is, you know, if, if you basically, does no parent ever learn? If you want to stop something, do not... It, yeah, because it makes them just do Tell it anyway. Tell them to do it, and then they won't do it. Exactly, reverse psychology here. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, yeah. So it was, it's a good dance movie, to be fair. Oh, someone says uh, Jack and Clapham says Beulah Beulah. I've seen Ferris Bueller so many times. I love the montage in that. That's a good montage. That's a very what, different what was the montage. montage in that again? It's very different. It's not an upbeat montage. It's like this weird arty montage in the middle where they go out on their day trip and they go to this uh, the Metropolitan Art Museum. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just about them bunking off school. That yeah, the montage. And yeah, and there's like this weird kind of art montage where they follow these kids around and it's it, that's that was, good. That was really good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, oh, there's loads of things coming in. So from Cindy says, "Dirty Dancing." That is such a sexy Swayze montage. That's hard to say. <laughs> say sexy Swayze. Sexy Swayze. Uh, the chemistry between Johnny and Baby is so good. Of course. Again, never seen it. No. Oh my no, goodness. Sorry, no. 
Dirty Dancing. <laughs> um, I saw it when I was way too young to appreciate it. I was like, oh, it's very boring. Oh, and then it. when I sort of had grown and I had a bit of a, I don't know what that is. Maturity. I matured. <laughs> had a sexual enlightenment and I understood the film. Um, it is absolutely amazing. I'll check it out. I'll check it out it's, one day. Again, it's like kind of like a similar theme uh, in the 60s in this like hot, really like, you know, family holiday camp. There is an underground. The kids dancing. at night they sneak off. And I they love d- that in that era of time, dancing was what was forbidden. Like these days, we got what crack cocaine and like heroin. <laughs> like- dancing? Oh, he's dancing! No, stay away from him, Charlie. I know. I mean, the darkest thing, I guess. Yeah, it would be like a heroin terrorist camp or something that kids would be doing now. People would be like, no. Oh but, my god. Um, but yeah, so they go in, and then this girl who doesn't really know anything, and she ends up. Um, she ends up having to learn to dance and dance with one of the top guys in this like dance competition. It's oh, really cool. good. They fall in love. Like Save the Last Dance or Stomp the Art. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they, they got all of those ideas. Came from those original from films. From Dirty oh, okay. Dancing. Yeah. Really good. Um, and the chemistry between them is just like, whoa. Um, okay, so we've been running a poll, or a poll <laughs> on, our, <laughs> on our Twitter, our Free Bar Radio, which is, do you think hashtag Will Smith will make a good genie in the 2017 Aladdin? Um, and at the moment... What are the people saying? Come they're on. saying, 27% say yes, 7% say no, 33 says why not a woman, and 30, oh. 33% says Robin Williams forever! <laughs> so... Um, it's majority positive, I would say. Really? It's kind of, um, you know, sort of. Okay. I mean, Will Smith can really do no wrong, apart from Suicide Squad and that film he did with Margot Robbie mm-hmm. and those other couple films he did didn't really do too well. But he's really good, though. I still like that. I like him. You know, I do I like really him. like him, though, I to like be fair. I like Will Smith. Um, and, um, yeah, why not? Why not a woman? Or why not Will Smith in drag? <laughs> I'd rather a woman, to be honest with you, I'm not gonna lie to you than Will Smith in drag. I would really like to see a female genie. I think it, that would be actually groundbreaking. Yeah, a female genie. That would just be brilliant. We can, um, there's a, who's, is it, who's that Australian lady that was in that bridesmaid? Was it, was it oh bride? my gosh. Ruth um, Wilson, is that her name? No, no, no. She's, um, 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 oh, oh my goodness. She, her name is the, what was her name? She, well, she's in Ghostbusters yeah, as well. Yeah, no. Well, she's also someone that could do it, but I'm talking about the Australian one. I can't remember her name. And she was in like the bridesmaids. Yeah, she was in bridesmaids, of course. Yeah. Rebel Wilson? Yes. Rebel Wilson would be a hilarious genie. She's not a bride, but she's in Pitch Perfect. Yes, that's That's the one. Yeah, Rebel Williams would be an amazing... That would be pretty funny, I think. She would be brilliant as genie. Okay, let's start a hashtag. Let's just get the Disney producers to notice us. Yes, who should be genie? What female actress should be genie? Yeah, I'm I'm putting my money on either Melissa McCarthy, that's the one. Yes, that's the other one. Or Rebel Wilson. Uh, or me, you know, throw stuff in there. <laughs> Always looking for jobs. Hashtag unemployed actor. Okay. <laughs> fun employed. We call it fun employed. Um, oh yeah, I've just seen here on my notes that Disney uh, they're making a Dumbo as well. Yeah, live action Dumbo, which is a very trippy film. I, well, you look back at it, look back at it now. That like whole montage with the crows and stuff—that's way too trippy for children to be watching. It's a bit fucked up, I know. And well, it's going to be even more messed up because guess what director they've got? Oh, I heard about this. It's the same guy from um, Corpse Bride or something, right? Tim Burton. That's going to be so crazy. Oh, I know. It's, oh my god. And it's going to have Danny DeVito, Evergreen, and they were talking about Will Smith being in that. I think he was going to be one of the crows, but they're going to. No, He's they, not, can't, they can't do that again. No, no. That was a bit, you know, racially oh, bad no. then as well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You watch it now and you're like, Whoa, geez. we were, our parents let us watch this shit, man. Damn. <laughs> Mummy? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you know, factoid, um, that 
the even as late as so Aladdin was done in like the early 90s that's like 25 years mm. old they had to reanimate the beginning of Aladdin when they transferred it onto DVD because it was racist really yeah and I noticed this myself because I used to have the DVD of Aladdin and I, I, I learnt obviously the uh, all the songs by heart what did they change um, so in the beginning of, of the song with Arabian Nights yeah there's a bit where th- and I swear I swear it said this and it said <laughs> It's like Arabian Nights and Arabian, and it says um, where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. Wow! And they said, "Well, we can't really talk about Middle East <laughs> like that, so we're going to change it." So when they did the DVD, they reanimated it and they re-recorded it and they changed it where it's so hot in here that you can't feel your face. Ah, um, so okay. Like, hey, yeah. you know, it's wow! Hot. I can't believe they did that. But and I was like, because I'm watching the DVD and I went, "That's not the right words." And then I, <laughs> I I googled it and somebody's put the original VHS thing on YouTube, so you can watch the original opening wow. and you can hear them say, "Well, they cut off your ear if they don't like your face." Just getting away with everything those days. It's barbaric, man. but That's hey, terrible. it's home. Um, oh, someone said, "Should Zach." Galifianakis be the genie that would be hilarious that would be funny it'd be a very different genie but that'd be quite funny the genie with a man bag you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) very awkward man bag toting genie yes that would be uh, you know what I wouldn't mind him either I wouldn't mind him he's good though he's good he's got a very very particular style of comedy that can't be recreated much like Robin Williams yeah so, he would have his own take on it. Yeah. What we don't want is we don't want somebody trying to be Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. Would just fall. He would be so far removed mm-hmm. from what Robin Williams did that it could actually exactly. be very dope. Um, someone also said, talking about Suicide Squad, Cara Delevingne was so shit, uh, she should never be allowed to act again from Sally. Hey, hey, come on now, Sally. Let me talk to you about Cara, okay? Oh, do you know her? I don't know her. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw her in a film called Paper Towns, and she was surprisingly amazing in that film. Mm. And I think that if we judge an, an actor's acting on just one film, then I'd be very much unemployed, because I've done a lot of shit. I know, me too. <laughs> do you me know too, I mean? man. Me People too. have bad days, and we can't blame the actors. We can blame the writing or, or the directors the, or the yeah, studio the right the uh, the editor it's editor, sometimes it's down yeah. to the editing the music they put behind you yeah exactly um, the, the the takes they decide to use because each scene is shot like what 40 like 30 20 times or whatever whichever yeah. take they decide to use it's down to the editing yeah. it's like the editing gods can make you look amazing or I don't, not I don't think it was just Cara I think it, the film as a whole was pretty bad yeah <laughs> if, you know if, if the film was amazing and she was the, the like loose yeah, link yeah, then, yeah. she wasn't the loose link in exactly. that movie exactly the whole film was bad let's not worry about that um, we've got some cool films coming up that I wanted to tell you guys about because at the moment coming out in the cinema it's a little bit of a dry season Right Is now, it? there's a, there's a, there's not a lot of uh, stuff coming out r- like this week. Oh, this that week. I want to go okay. see like yeah, looking yeah, at the cinema fair. stuff that's coming out yeah, this week. Yeah. I'm a little bit like. Mm. Um, I thought you meant this summer. There's some stuff. No, no, I can't no. This wait year and this summer, yeah. amazing. But just like I'm talking about this week, no. Um, so what's coming up uh, in gonna, that's going to be made? There is a film. Do you like wrestling at all? WWE. I used to love wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Well, so uh, they are making a a movie about Paige, who's one of the main female champions. That film's going to do really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, it's a comedy, and it's written and directed by Stephen Merchant from the Ricky Gervais huh. show. Yeah. And he was recently had a role in Logan. Logan. Yes, yeah. he did. So he's writing, uh, written, and directed it. Uh, Wait, is this a real WWE star? 
So is it like a true story? Yeah, it's just a true like, story. Oh, like, wow. me, me and Noel are big WWE fans. We try and go every year. I saw I saw all of Noel's tweets during WrestleMania. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so me and Noel, we've been going for about five years. We've been going to wrestling together with like a group of us. Yeah. And um, we know we know Paige. Paige is a fan of the films and stuff. So we go backstage and we see her. So it's cool. really quite weird. So she's not playing herself. They've got an actress called Florence Pugh who's going to be playing Paige. Is she unknown? Has she done anything before? She is up and coming. Ah. And I recently saw a film, Lady Macbeth. Which have not seen that. Oh, wait, I've seen the, posters about that. Yeah, apparently yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like a groundbreaking... Some, uh, she is, groundbreaking, yeah. Groundbreaking Best. new actress. Yeah, something like that. That's so what they said. So she has now... They've finished filming it. I didn't interview her last week, but we're going to play the interview next week's show <laughs> because we can't talk about it because of an embargo. But um, So she's going to play Paige, and it's the true story because it's quite interesting. She's one of like five brothers, the, the wrestling father, wrestling brothers. Yeah. She started wrestling from a tiny tot and then she got into really young when she was like 16, she got into uh, professional wrestling. Yeah. And she even now she's only like 21 or something. And she went on to be like... Th- the women's WWE wow. women's champion and really sort of pioneered she she was like the anti-diva so okay. a lot of the, the traditionally a lot of the WWE divas they're very uh, blonde and tanned and sexual yeah. and they look slightly like glorified strippers that are wrestling yeah. whereas Paige went in and she's pale she's got black hair she's British she um, she went into fight properly. Yeah, like yeah. She, you know, I'll come so here she, to fuck some people up. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so she kind of changed and revolutionised the sort of women's section. Oh, cool. And they now don't call them divas, they call them women wrestlers. And I've noticed just going by going to the wrestling that before the women's matches used to be sort of quiet time, so people would go get a Coke. Really? Um, they wouldn't be so vocal. Yeah. Now when there's the women's matches, when Paige comes on and, and all her mates, Everybody everyone's wants to in see, there. Yeah, like, that's there's sick. no difference. There's not a lot of difference now between the men and the women's fights, which is amazing. So, um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is executive producing it, because obviously... Obviously, he, he has to. Shit. Yeah. He's also in it. Um, Florence Pugh is Paige. As himself, as, as The Rock? Yeah. Dope. Obviously. Who else would he play? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, he's Who's like, The Rock going to play in a wrestling movie? He's going to uh, play... Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, obviously. <laughs> Come on. Come on, guy. Um, Nick Frost is going to play her dad. Oh, cool. Vince Vaughn's going to play her coach. Oh, so, I like a bit of Vince Vaughn. Lena Headley, or Headley, from Game of Thrones, is going to play her mum. Who's Lena Headley? Oh, she is the bitch queen who got her hair oh, chopped off red... in Game of Thrones. Oh. Not the Red Witch, the, oh, um, the, queen, the queen twin who fucks her brother. Ah, uh, head chopped off, what? She got her hair chopped off. Oh, her hair. hair. I thought hair. you said head. I'm like, no, damn, no. I'm up to date. What did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that episode. <laughs> Was that an Easter egg? <laughs> um, so I'm really excited. The film's going to be called Fighting With My Family. That sounds like a good... I'd, I'd watch that. I, I think that's going to do really well as well. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's going to bring American and British audiences, I think, yeah. together. And also the wrestling whole entertainment business is fucking huge it's booming it's huge people think it died after it changed like a couple of years ago like, oh it changed from WWF to WWE it- I was still watching it at that time anyway it was hard to get my head around it at the time I was a kid and was like what do you mean it's WWE no no that doesn't make any sense to me but no. stayed strong for a little while it's brilliant so any WWE fans what do you think about that let us know do you want to watch this movie what do you want to do? Uh, me and Noel are going to try and get down and use our contacts, see if we can like get down to set and get some... Oh, that'd be dope. Get some gossip and get some <laughs> interviews and stuff. Um, I have met The Rock. Yeah? I met him before. What's he like? He is lovely. And I expected him to be like 
massive. Is he not that big? He's not that actually huge. Like I'm. Quite, How big is he? Well, I'd say maybe like six one. Six one. Okay. Which isn't like like I'm five nine. I'm five ten. I'm five nine ish, and when yeah. I wear heels, I'm six foot. So you know, me and some boots, be like I could take on the rock. I know? felt the same way when I met. I, um, the Sandcastle film's got Henry Cavill in it. So when I met ah. him, I was like, dude, I'm looking at you eye to eye. I'm toe to toe with Superman right now. I feel like <laughs> a di- I feel like a big dude. <laughs> Like wow, yeah, I measure up. <laughs> hey, Marvel. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I met him. He was really nice. I interviewed him last year for like the Central Intelligence movie, um, and I was quite nervous because it was Kevin Hart as well, yeah. and it was me and Kevin Hart and the Rock and a little like Oreo sandwich thing going on. It was great. <laughs> um, I, I tried to high five the, the Kevin Hart, and he left me hanging. Oh, that's deep, man. And that is on camera and on the internet. <laughs> did uh, he do it for a joke? Or did he just purposely just? I like... think he genuinely left me hanging. <laughs> I was like, yeah, bro, up here. And he just like, no, I'm not going to do that. I was like, oh. Wow. Sorry. Kevin. Thanks, cool, Kevin. dude. Thanks, Kevin. Cool. But afterwards, um, the rock, he like, he was like, well done, Missy. He took me side, gave me a hug. And he grabbed my arm and he was like, oh, I love your tattoos. And we were like comparing tattoos. Oh, I was that's like, cool. mate, I love yeah. yours. Oh, I, at least I think I said that, but it probably came out like, hug in my heart. Hug my gun tattoo. Uh, I, yeah, I think I did. I lost. I fangirled a little bit over that. Uh, we all fangirl sometimes, don't you we? Know, it happens. Right, I'm going to go. We've been talking a lot of Disney. So I'm going to bring in my one Disney song of the week. Um, this actually won an Oscar uh, musically. It did. Uh, it did. I back do remember in the day. this. Yes. This is Can You Feel the Love Tonight from Elton John. So this is background chill. If you're chilling with someone right now and you want to get it on, let's do it to Elton John. There let's we go. Get it on. <laughs> That was a great harmony. I sang that. That was dope. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> um, so that was from The Lion King, yes. one of my fave Disney's. Classic. For any haters out there on the music. Looking forward to the remake, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no. Have you seen live, the live the live? No, uh, I haven't seen. I don't oh. like musicals, but I don't mind the Disney originals, though. It's weird. I'm, yeah, I'm such you a skeptic. Yeah, exactly. Ingrained. Um, no, the live, the live Lion King is good. Went to see it last year. Um, I had a friend who worked in it as well. She used to tell me all the backstage goth. <laughs> of, uh, what you, you're tinkling around your sorry, cup there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm fidgeting. Tinky, tinky. Out of my reach. Tinker Adam Taylor, reach. soldier spy. Right, <laughs> we've got our next guest on the line. She's currently in America. It's former celeb journalist Alison Kugel, who apparently here has more skeletons than the Crypt Keeper when it comes to celebrity and political day That is laundry. high praise. I know. And she's been writing her book. We did speak to her a couple of months back, actually, on the show, while she was writing the book. And now... I believe she's finished, so she's going to have a quick chat with us to let us know what's going on with that book, and hopefully she's going to tell us some like dirty secrets. Yes, That's some what exclusive, I want to know. exclusive gossip. Let's see if she's on the line. Alison, are you there? I am here. Hello. How are you? Woo! Where, where are you, Alison, right now? I am actually in sunny Florida for oh. the next uh, several weeks. Nice. I'm so jealous. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Thank welcome, you. welcome back on the show. Thank you, thanks for having me. So before we came on, we talked a little bit about your book, uh, which you were in the process of writing, and now you've finished. Is that right? The book is actually coming out on Tuesday, April twenty fifth. So nice. close. So close. And <laughs> and just to tell our listeners a little bit about what the book's about, um, do you want to just sort of pitch it out there? Because you're going to explain it a lot better than I can. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I spent 10 years as a celebrity journalist. I interviewed a little more than 200, um, you know, well-known figures, actors, models, musicians, sports figures, health gurus, politicians, you name it. Um, but at the same time, I was actually going through some pretty rough times personally because I was suffering from some pretty severe anxiety and panic attack problems. Okay. So I, I wanted to actually write the book as a convergence of the two. So the book is quite personal because it weaves back and forth between my experiences with a lot of famous people and also a lot of the um, mental health and emotional health problems that I was going through because I, I figured that, you know, the celebrity stuff is great and it's fun and it would really pull people in and probably people who wouldn't ordinarily pick up a self-help book. Mm. But at the same time, I wanted to deliver an important message because there are so many people who suffer with um, different types of anxiety disorders that I really felt that my story could help. No, that's amazing. That is really, that's really, really amazing because that's something that a lot of people don't really, talk, you don't hear about it a lot as well in the in mainstream media or anything like that. Yeah, people are quite shy no. of addressing it, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, I, I keep saying it's in the closet because every time, you know, people have been asking me, what's your book about? And they expect me to just talk about the celebrity stuff. And when I say, well, it also addresses, you know, the severe anxiety disorder that I had that actually had me hospitalized a few times. Oh, wow. And wow. still... You know, so many people have said to me, oh, my God, I have anxiety or, oh, my God, I take, you know, some sort of medication or I've had panic attacks. And so many times these are people that I've known for years. And I'm thinking to myself, why haven't we talked about this? And it's because mm. people just kind of, you know, it's embarrassing and, you know, it's the last thing that you'd ever want to happen, especially when you're out at a social event or yeah. maybe in front of your coworkers or something. Yeah. And I mean, was that, did you, do you feel looking back that it actually, uh, was the whole sort of Hollywood world and fame and, and the pressure of that, do you think that that being in that environment, do you think it actually made your anxiety worse because you had a lot of pressure to, to do your job and speak to these high profile people? No, actually, that's the funny thing. People keep asking me that and it's actually quite the opposite. The, um, doing interviews, talking to people, um, that kind of exchange has always come quite naturally to me. So it was actually kind of therapeutic for me and took my mind off of the anxiety issues that I was having, believe mm. it or not. Okay, that's an interesting thing. Mm. It's a bit like you can um, you can put on, it's like a professional booster and it, you can just get on with it for a job. I, I, I yeah. can understand that. It's like yeah. the show must go on kind Absolutely. of thing and it yeah. helps you auto-focus into doing it. Yeah, the show must go on. In fact, I talk about it in the book. You know, there's, there was one particular instance where I was actually just about to interview um, Megan McCain, who's the daughter of John McCain. He ran for president over here back in 2008. Mm. And I was actually in the throes of having some pretty major anxiety before I got onto the phone with her. But once I got on the phone with her, I was focused on the task at hand and doing the best possible interview. And it was almost like, it was like a 30 or whatever it was, 30 or 40 minutes. It was like a break, like a vacation from what I was going through, to be honest with you. Do you think that because um, the, the interviews were kind of like um, a therapy for you, that it helps you to be more proactive, I guess, or just like more in... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
That's what I'm looking for. That it made me want to pursue them. Made you want to work more, more harder. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a tough one. I just, I, I think, I think it was more of a parallel experience because I've always been the kind of person who feels, you know, if I want to do something, I can do it. You know, I, if, if I, if, if I get an impulse, like I, you know, I said to myself, I want to write a book and I want to put out a book. Well, I'm going to write a book and put out a book. If I say I want to interview you know, lots of famous people and write their stories and I'm going to go do that. I, I don't yeah. have that same thing that a lot of people have where they think, well, I could never do that or I'm not qualified to do that. So it was just really more ambition, okay. to be honest with you. No, that's good. Go yeah. get it. Go get it, girl. Get yours. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so the name of the book, for anyone just sort of listening in now, we're talking about Alison's new book, and it's <laughs> Journaling Fame, A Memoir of a Life Unhinged and On the Record. I really like that that title. <laughs> Because it kind of s- Thank you. It sums up exactly what it is. It's like your life being a little bit on the unhinged side with your personal issues and then on the record with all the celebrities. What a crazy mix. I mean, almost there could be some like movie moments in here. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Or, like, maybe- I hope so. I mean, a movie yeah, would I'm be thinking dope, like, man. Feel- feel- I want Mila Kunis to play me in the movie. Mila Kunis. Oh, I nice. love Mila Kunis. <laughs> yeah. yeah I can, or even a series, maybe, because there's, there's so many, because you, you interview over, like, what, 200 people, famous figures. Um, yeah. Yeah. And do you have any sort of favorite, I mean, looking back, can you pick any kind of favorite favorite interviews or favorite people that you, you met them on and you were just, like, you clicked with that certain celebrity? Uh... Yeah, I would say, um, you guys know Kristen Chenoweth? Um, Kristen... Oh, she may not be famous over there. She's a very famous singer and actress in the States. Okay. Um, I've seen her quite a bit. And uh, Jenna Jameson, who I believe was on, was she on Celebrity Big Brother over there? Yeah, we Jenna Jameson, guys? she rings a bell. I don't, does she yeah. ring a bell? Yeah, yeah, she do does. you know who she is? Maybe from my childhood, I don't know. Maybe she's an actress or a singer, from I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm talking like 13, somewhere, somewhere around puberty. I don't know. I don't know why. Anyway, carry on. Oh my god. Uh, but, uh, I clicked with them. I clicked very much actually with 50 Cent. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, I really, really did. I spent about almost two hours with him, and it was a face-to-face interview. And actually, my little brother was there. It's the stories in the book, but uh, he kind of tagged along with us. And we had a little bit of a fun back and forth, you know, male versus female thing going on, and I was outnumbered, of course. But, uh, yeah, I clicked with him, really sweet, down-to-earth, funny kind of guy. Um, uh, Courtney and Chloe, uh, well, Courtney and Chloe Kardashian I liked quite a bit. Courtney I clicked with, you know, she was just a, a really chill, cool, down-to-earth girl. Uh, there, there are a lot of people. Russell Simmons I uh, admired so much because of his spirituality. Deepak Chopra uh, taught me a lot about actually how, how the brain works versus how the soul works, which really helped me quite a bit with my own issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was like, I swear, it was like getting a, a master's and a PhD, having one-on-one time with all of these people and picking their brains. It was such a privilege. I can't even, I can't express it enough. It's amazing. So people, if people want to get your book, you said it's coming out on Tuesday? Coming out this Tuesday, April 25th, and over where you guys are, it's Amazon.co.uk, Journaling Fame. Oh, on Amazon. Okay, guys, so if you want to check out this book, uh, which is like a mixture of amazing um, amazing celebrity stories and also your own personal 
very personal close to your home story about your anxiety and how you overcame that and are you have you do you feel like you've overcome that or is it one of those things where you've now just like you've learned to manage it I've learned to manage it. I would compare it to like somebody with an eating disorder, somebody with, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing, or like alcoholism, you don't get cured from it, but you learn how to manage it and mm-hmm. stay in recovery and you slip, you go you revert back to your tools, like therapy and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, fantastic. Thank you yeah. for taking time. Thank in you very much. Amazing Florida to speak with us today. Thank you so much, Alison. All the best of luck for Thank the book. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Good luck Thanks with the so film as well. That. I hope Mila Kunis plays you. Yeah, let's contact <laughs> Mila Kunis and let's, let's get that done. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Alison. Right. Bye. 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 Oh, amazing. Okie dokie. Back with a little bit of Muse kit. What you got for us now, then? Um, well, Fast and Furious coming out. Well, oh. it's come out now, so yeah. that's probably one of the only like, really good things. I heard people on the bus be like, what do you want to cinema? What, Furious Day? All right. That's what I hear a lot. <laughs> so uh, this is one of the songs from the new album from the Fate and the Furious. Uh, it's Gang Up by Young Thug, 2 Chains, Wiz Khalifa. It's Back Row and Chill. <laughs> And chill with Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio. So I wasn't paying attention, was I? <laughs> I tried to save you though, I did, but you were quick, you were quick. I was so involved in that song. That was great, that was from The Furious Eight. Uh, right, it's back here on Chill with Johanna James and Aussie this week. Aussie Achille. Aussie yes, Achille. That's me. Uh, not Izaki, Aussie <laughs> Zaki's a different dude. It's not well, I. It's alright, no one can ever say my name right ever. They're like, Johanna. What's your name? Johanna. That's what I said. Yeah, that's what I said. You yeah. know. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. Uh, right, moving on from the biggest technical cock-up I've done in my <laughs> professional career. Um, we've got our second competition to kickstart now. So if you want to win a signed copy of Alison's book, Alison we were just speaking to you before the break, uh, you can win a copy of A journal- Journaling Fame, a memoir of A Life Unhinged and On the Record. So if you want to win her book, signed by Alison herself, then just pop onto our Twitter, it's at Fubar Radio, and retweet the image, and we'll announce the winner next Friday. Whoop, whoop. We've got winners coming out of everywhere next week. It's like, <laughs> winner here, winner there. Stay tuned and, and, and tweet us. Uh, right, we're joined by our next guest in the studio. Huge welcome, George Evans. Welcome, sir. Welcome, come in. Having me, it's lovely to be here. Thank you very much. Um, and just like the kids at home know uh, so who you are, what you're about. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, my name is George Evans. I am a co-director of a show that's opening very shortly in a week and a half's time, I think. Um, yeah, called The Gap in the Light. And it is on at the New Diorama Theatre, which is near Warrant Street. Mm. Nice, mm. nice. What's that about? Because the a Gap in the Light, that sounds... I'm thinking... Uh, <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> what's it about? Well, so the, the, the story, uh, the show basically follows... It's, it follows two people going on an expedition into a very, very deep cave. Um, yeah. I'm claustrophobic, so that well, makes well, me go. Right. That made my right. stomach go. Whoa. Exactly. That's kind of kind of the point of the show, partly. But uh, yes, yeah, so they go on this expedition into this cave, and they encounter something when they're right at the bottom of it, in the deep blackness of it all. Um, and it's the story of the thing they encounter coming back to the surface. With oh. them, in a way, this is like a horror play. Yeah, fuck yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. This, 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 that's this, the shit we need more of, of, man. Kind of, kind of the vibe. Exactly, that's what we thought. We thought there's very, very little. No, uh, the only one I can think done. of is like what Woman in Black was in one, Black. and yeah. then there's nothing yeah. else I can think of. But Woman in Black is sick. Like it is. It, it, that oh, is yeah. a very, very good play. It, it's it's a it's like a formula. It follows a thing, but it is. Is there's a lot to be said for it? It's great. Yeah. I mean, but we we're oh, trying yeah. to sort of go down a very different route with this thing. 
and try and do something that is that hasn't really been done before yeah. on stage. Um, yeah. I love horror yeah. films, so this is going to be... Oh, fuck, yes, mate. Oh, yes. I'm so excited about this, man. You have no idea how much I love horror-themed oh, stuff. Hey, well, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll like it. I mean, it, it started as... as no, it's that, that's the story, but it's that, that story emerged about six months ago or so. Yeah. And it's been in development for about a year and a half. Okay. And we, we decided we want to make a show about fear, about what it is to be afraid, because obviously... Fear is a thing that we all right. connect with yeah. and tune in with, yeah. and yet it exists. Like you're, like you've been saying in horror films, it's there. Yeah. But also, it governs like what we do every day. Like, like me being nervous before I come on the radio. That, yeah. That's there's fear. It's there. fear. Or like yeah. how we were talking about anxiety just yeah. exactly. Before yeah, yeah. As well. We were talking to Triggered. the ladies before. Yeah. It's all it's all rooted. One one view of looking at it is it's all rooted in fear. And so we were, yeah, yeah interested in exploring this quite common thing that we explore, uh, that, that we that we all feel together. Um, and I suppose objectively as well, if you look at the world I mean we hear about this all the time but yeah. now I, I grew up I was born in the 90s was sort of told that everything is safe and secure and feeling like my future's going to be bright and golden but now suddenly we're all feeling what I'm certainly feeling yeah our generation I'm, I'm is like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, we, we, we were set up to just succeed and then it's like oh exactly. wait no 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 no, no, no. no you guys on. are screwed yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry actually no, no, no you're, you're not yeah. you're not going to get this future so yeah. we just think it's kind of a, it's an important time to make this show yeah um, yeah yeah well, that, was, is, that was good no, this is, um, so <laughs> just talking about woman in black because yeah. I remember I went and I, I was so sceptical and I went up there going, a theatre show, scaring me, come on. <laughs> Pull and the other one. <laughs> in the middle of the show, I jumped so much. I grabbed the man next to me who I didn't even know. <laughs> and I like pretty much jumped on his lap. I was so scared. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I was told by that show. And there was another show. I'm just thinking back. There was a mm. show. I think it was called Ghost Stories. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there was. Which was on the West End. Yeah. Which really? terrified me as well. Yeah, so that, that's sort of a, that was the one that was really sort of gory and jumpy and quite like in your face it was well it was clever it was um it was this professor who came on who was Mm. talking about the paranormal and it was like he started off doing a sort of a lecture hall basically and he was saying paranormal is not real this is the reasons why you know it's all your brain jumps to these stupid conclusions and blah 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 blah. and then he talked about case studies and he went into these particular stories which then became live on stage and one was a guy who worked in a uh, as a security guard for a warehouse um, his daughter was on a life support machine so he worked nights and um, he was going round and you went with him round the thing and then he went into this room full of mannequins and then suddenly in the theatre you heard this daddy and then like everyone in the theatre like and like oh my god and then, and then there was another bit that I just remember about the play that freaked me out was this um, young boy who didn't have a driver's licence but he took his mum's car to get to a party and he was driving it back the car broke down in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. and he what was scary about it was he did everything that you would do if you bo- mm. and so he like he called the first he had to call his mum say sorry I've taken the car what do I do and they had to call the uh, breakdown people they were like we'll be with you in an hour and 14 minutes and he's in this car um, and there was something in the woods and it's what do you do it escalates <laughs> I yeah. could run but I'd probably die <laughs> do you stay in the car do you ring and then oh. so watching something like a horror mm. film what well, horror film watching something live actually yeah. is ten times more scary yeah. 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 you're is. in the room with them it is exactly, exactly. in the room with the thing but, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's exactly the same thing you're, you're still using your imagination the same way as you would uh, when you're watching a film but it's, it's yeah it's that it's that the, your, your imagination makes it real for you in the space where you are I mean one, one thing we're really interested in doing is creating total blackout in mm. the show and that's something as in, as in totally totally dark and in life generally there are very very few times in fact it's actually usually only possible 
deep underground or in an artificially created environment. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if you close your eyes, there's still light coming in, yeah. in a way. Yeah. And so yeah, we... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, so we've we worked with the venue where the show is on for a long time to create absolute blackouts. So a lot, a lot of the show will happen um, in, in blackness. blackness. And that, that it, sounds, it sounds kind of scary, but also... Mm-hmm what that does to your other senses and to your, your heightens them exactly yeah. Yeah. so that, that's the idea that you, you have like a, an I acute awareness legit goose pimples right now <laughs> <laughs> okay oh my god <laughs> But, like, legally, mm. can you black out a theatre? Don't you have to have, like, the fire exit, like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- this, this has been the, the major challenge uh. that we've come up against. Wait, is that a serious thing? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I, thought oh, you, I thought you have to have the, uh, the fi- oh, fire wow. exits. There are, there, there, there are ways around it, basically. And, and it's about having really, really carefully thought out structures in place. I mean, like, gen- quite genuinely, we are exploring having night vision goggles so that the ushers in the theatre... Uh, can see people if they're, if okay. they're in trouble or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, that's that, a good idea. That yeah. actually might have had yeah, to be sure. a, that's, think, that's a serious question. Luckily, though, for we, real, yeah. we, don't, we don't have to, have to <laughs> go down that route because it would have been incredibly expensive. But, um, <laughs> but, but we're, we're, we're fine. We've got other things in place that ensure that it is a safe environment, absolutely, because that's sort of the most important thing. Oh, my God. Like low key lights that still black out a room, but. You no, because no, they no. want they want total blackout. So what, what's the? I don't. How do you get around that? <laughs> it's basically having people in place. Ah, okay. Uh, in, in the room and, okay. and and having the audience aware before they come into the space yeah. that they they're, they're going to be. They're yeah, signing up to be completely blinded. <laughs> You're going to be killed, guys. So just you know, sign here. <laughs> Enjoy. It's not. It's not. The whole show is not like that. Like yeah. it's it's carefully chosen moments. Okay. Um, but there's a yeah. there's a restaurant in London. Yeah, where you where eat. you you eat and in it was the blind dark. waiters as well. Yeah, right? you eat yeah. in the pitch black dark because they want to yeah apparently it tastes like 10 times better and the conversations you have with people because you can't judge anyone hmm. Hmm. well again you can judge their voice but like <laughs> yeah. there are people you, you have a conversation with someone next to you all night and then you don't know what they look like it ah, is, that's pretty cool is that like speed dating I, not like dating but oh. more, it's more like I'm so dirty I, I just go straight <laughs> to this dating stuff like, yeah. it's so <laughs> like, bad so man. can we date oh. in the dark what can you <laughs> talking about food Aussie get away from the food porn it's, come on <laughs> can we date the food in the dark what else can we do with the food in the dark <laughs> uh, this sounds really cool so you are so it's well, it's about to come out in the new diorama theatre where mm. is that that's ringing the bells yeah, so it's, it's right it's right by Warren Street station Ah, okay. uh, yes. it's actually right between Warren Street and Great Portland Street stations uh, and it's sort of equidistant between the two like two minute walk from there how long does it run for uh, it's a month so it's opening okay. on the, the 2nd of May and runs until the 27th okay so this is yeah. cool so to catch psychological it. horror production mm. wow the gap in the light yes. that is so yes. cool I am about that life well, so yeah when you said the gap in the light immediately my first thing was I was like that's a Doctor Who title <laughs> <laughs> With the gap in the light yeah. in the time space continuum, yeah. um, maybe it won't go down that line. But well, I'll come and find out. Maybe. Do you find the doctor in the depths of the? Oh yeah, that's that's the secret that's part the thing of the that's show. Following you. I can't tell you, but Doctor Who is in the show. Oh, he's not. Spoiler he's not. alert! Spoiler he's, alert. <laughs> he's really not in the show. The Can you imagine? Um, oh, this is so cool. So, is this the first show that you have directed, produced, or is this? Well, no. This is this is the third show that uh, my company have. Of, uh, of produced, um, we're called Engineer Theatre Collective, and we've been going for uh, five years or so now. Um, yeah, and and we've sort of been growing and growing. Um, mm. It's the we've usually we've gone through a process of, of creating shows all together, like as a collective, um, which has been fairly 
good things about it, but also quite tricky because obviously it's a lot of like um, shared decision making. Yeah, everyone has to you have to say yes, yes. Yeah, and so that's and a bottom, great idea, Bobby. Also, also, no, that's crap. No, no, stop. stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's quite slow. Like it's great, but it's slow. So this is so we're we're, we're fine tuning things down now. There's five of us in the company, but um, this is being co-directed by me and another another director. This is this is this is getting me excited. This oh, is great. cool. I'm this definitely cool. coming to see so this, um, man. And it's cool because uh, so many. I think people have a bit of prejudice about theatre. Mm. A little bit like, oh, it's not really for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, like, also, saying all this stuff, you know, talk about where, where fear comes from. All that. It sounds kind of highbrow. It sounds mm. kind of. You know these these big heavy ideas. The main point of this show is that we want it to be entertaining. Yeah, we want sure. it to be a really good experience. Exactly like what you were talking about when you went to see Ghost Stories in the West End. You know, or, or Woman in Black. It, it's that a memorable experience. A memorable experience, yeah. but just done in a very different way yeah. and, and a groundbreaking way. Um, so. Hopefully, sounds like it though. It cool. does. Remember yeah. deodorant, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be in like a blacked out room. Yeah, no right. air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody kept farting. <laughs> really? It wasn't, like, wasn't me. No, no. I fart when I'm nervous. I didn't shit myself. What are you talking? about no <laughs> I think we'll know if the show's been a success if, if people have got that uh, <laughs> that feeling so how many casts have you got is it quite it's small three three yeah so it's, it's small it's small well that's the same as uh, Woman in Black yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. There you go. What else? What else will do? Um, oh, this is really exciting so uh, obviously you're about to kickstart this so you're not really forward thinking but have you got what's next I always like what's to ask next? people what's next well there, there's there's a few other shows in the pipeline um, for the company there's a load of ideas being back to me I know personally I kind of find it hard to think past yeah of course this right now yeah of course we can have time because we're sort of all pulling all nighters and not sleeping and, and <laughs> yeah. just everything to get the show ready yeah. but, but it, will, it, will, it will, will be there when's be your there, press but. day Press night is the fourth of May. Nice. So that's the Thursday. May the fourth be with you. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 nice. Great. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming in. So thank, guys, you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for having me. If it's you're just great. listening in now, we are talking about the Gap in the Light, the new psychological horror play. It's gonna be. I just. It just feels like it's gonna be <laughs> epic. I'm not gonna like. We're just gonna, I really want to see this. We're gonna <laughs> guesstimate. New Diorama Theatre in London. Book your tickets now. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amazing. Let's have a little look. I'm gonna go. What's it going to be? What's gonna, it the last one from Power Rangers. So I walk the line. Halsey. Oh, I love Halsey. Halsey. So we're going to do that. We're going to come back. We're going to be speaking to Lucy Patterson, film review. And we're going to be talking about what's hot and what is not. Dope. Back row and chill with Johanna James on Fubar Radio. It's just gone five thirty. Back row and chill. Back row and chill, chill, <laughs> chill, chill, chill. I like, I like this. I like you got the. You've got such a radio voice, mate. It's brilliant. <laughs> Two hosts, <laughs> one movie reviewer, and what critics are calling back row and chill. That's chill, so good. chill. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> On Radio. <laughs> Welcome, Lucy Patterson. Hello. Um, now it's film review time. Uh, we're going to open it out as well. So if you guys are listening at home, if you want to review something, like get involved, yeah. people. Email in chill at foobarradio.com or tweet us at foobarradio and we will shout you out. Yeah. What have you been seeing? Liking, loving, hating? What do you want to see? Like, let's let's open the conversation, yeah. people. Let's talk. Nice. Let's talk about your problems. <laughs> um, right, what have people seen, and what uh, you know? What, uh, what's going on? What's going on? Last, well, last, what was the last film you saw? Uh, the last film I saw was um, the Belco Experiment. Huh. It's been a bit of a shitty week this week with cinema releases. <laughs> it, in my it? opinion, it's just been absolutely fucking dire. So I thought, okay, let's pick out the horror. Let's go and see that. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I must admit. What's the Belco? Ex- what's that? It's basically it's um, this office building in Colombia. And they've got 
about 80 expats working for them. They're all American. Um, and they go in for the day and all the locals are being sent home and they're thinking, oh, what's this? And there's armed guards outside. That, you know, everything's looking, looking a bit shady. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, the building just shuts down. All the, the shutters come down on the windows and everything. And over the tannoy, somebody says, OK, you need to... Uh, comply with my, with these rules to stay alive. You have to kill six people within the next 30 minutes, otherwise sounds 30 sim- of you will die. Similar to, like, The Circle. Have you seen that? No, I haven't actually. It's a similar thing where yeah. it's, like, it's all set in one tiny little yeah. location and that nothing's going to happen until... Yeah. It's, like, really, like... I love stuff like that. The question's, like, ethics, mm, like, yeah, human yeah. ethics oh, and all that kind of stuff. That's exactly what yeah. this does. When you go deeper down and look past the... Why they pick who to die gore, and stuff. you know, and it's... The, the thing is with it, it, I think it must have just been a passion project because it's written by James Gunn, the director of oh, um, Guardians, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, you know, and he's obviously, you know, hit the major big time. Mm-hmm. So he's thought, okay, I'm just going to do this little project <laughs> on the side. Um, and it's got some old 90s faces in it. Um, nice. And Michael Rooker as well, obviously, oh, because, you know, they're mates. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and uh, I must admit, the gore in it, I enjoyed that. Was, it, I, so like, was it like saw gore? It, it, or? it was... I can't stand it. It was, and I mean, it it was next level at some oh, point, wow. you know, sledgehammer to the head, and ah. but not once, like twice. You see it proper mashed up on the floor. It's just, oh, wow, see, yeah. I love stuff Damn, like that. And the effects intense. were really, really good. I mean, it it's an oddball film. Mm. It reminded me of the way American Psycho tried to mix the humour with the god-awful psychological trauma of that film and the violence and the gore and the blood and guts and things, you know. And obviously it didn't work as well as American Psycho because nothing does. Mm. But for horror fans and real movie fans, go and see it at the cinema. Go and go and watch it and, you know, put yourself in their position. What would you do? You know, would you, would you that's be what I think, one yeah. of the ones that sacrifices yourself or would mm. you be out to murder everyone and just like, mm. you know, I'll be the last one to survive? I you love know? those kind of films. Yeah, man. yeah. there's yeah. some twists and turns in it and there was a real, <coughs> real horrific execution scene, like proper IRA-style <laughs> bullet in the back of the head shit. And I was, I was actually horrified and I have seen the sickest shit there is on film, you know. And I was going, oh no, this is uncomfortable oh I'm uncomfortable <laughs> yeah I was what like, is this oh, no, feeling from a film no so it's called the, the Belco the Belco experiment the Belco and it's set in Colombia uh huh see I uh, I had a problem as a child because I got very confused because I got confused between Colombia and Cumbria <laughs> So <laughs> literally worlds apart. I know, right? Because I remember seeing signs for Cumbria being like, oh, that's where it is. <laughs> no idea it was north of Yorkshire. <laughs> um, so when you said that, something which reminded me that oh I was my God. such a twat when so I was a Belco experiment. Yes, go and see it. So that's a yeah. Not if you're easily uh, disturbed, though. Oh, love okay. those, so love that those. film gets a... Yep. Yep. It yep. certainly uh, does. Love that, that's dope. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, what do I see? What am I doing? What? Okay, so I watched, and I haven't watched it. I used to watch it. I used to watch Doctor Who mm-hmm. and the last couple of years I've I've not bothered um, but then someone said oh you really should check out the latest episode because there's a new really yeah there's a new uh, the there's new girl the assistant new, Pearl the new assistant yes and um, she's amazing and like you should really just give it a go because yeah. I thought you yeah, know well, I'm, I'm gonna watch some Doctor Who so I did and I, wa- I wa- watched it on catch up and she is brilliant and they've gone right back to 
because I used to watch it in the good old days with Rose and well when Noel was in it. Uh, with Noel, well, obviously. Noel <laughs> bit weird. But, um, <laughs> so they've gone back and she's so relatable and she carries the comedy and she uh, she kind of carries oh. the, the series. Really. Yeah. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, she's nice. really, she's really really good and and the story is really really interesting as well. It's um it's about this girl who that there's a puddle that when you look in the reflection of your pud of the puddle you look weird and no one can work out why they're like it's me but it's not me yeah. and then the doctor works out it's because um, it's not a reflection of your face it's only half your face reflected oh. back so because oh, you're, you're completely um, symmetrical in the in the thing which yeah. in real life obviously you got one no. eye that's up there and one, <laughs> eye that's there, and one, <laughs> one eyebrow is different or whatever um, actually this week weird time my, my boyfriend I've been with my boyfriend for nearly a year and he looked at my face and was like your eyebrows are different <laughs> have you not looked at my face no before? shit mate. who have you been looking at yeah. <laughs> I've only just noticed pay attention the other. Like, right also worst thing to point out on a girl's face her eyebrows don't mention the eyebrows well, bro even if it's no, good things no just don't say got, anything no, at all no one's oh my god your eyebrows, eyebrows are so oh beautiful god. oh my god actually Seriously. maybe that would probably yeah. be quite yes lads you heard it here first go for the eyebrows compliment the eyebrows compliment the eyebrows it's become a thing it is a thing <laughs> badly you, yeah you don't say like oh I love this I love your eyes yeah. you say I love your eyebrows yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> we spend so much time like arranging them and gelling them and moulding them ugh yeah Oh man. So yeah, so that was weird. Okay, we've tangented, but back totally. off. <laughs> Doctor Who was brilliant, Lovely. and um, it was kind of scary enough. And if yeah, I mean, I'd not, I wouldn't say it was horror because obviously it's like BBC prime time. But yeah. but there there is this scary the girl the girl sort of dies in it, and she keeps coming back, and she's dripping wet, and it, she just keeps popping up. Ooh. I've never watched a Doctor Who episode in my life. I know, but what? I love sci-fi, which is really See, weird. I do, do but I, I mean? never, I've only watched a couple with Nolan, because it's Noel. Yeah. You know, no, I thought I would, they'd do some research I would I do that. There, there are a couple of episodes, so if you're ever going to watch Doctor Who, there, is, there are even have episodes which are standalone, so you don't oh, have to watch the rest right. of them. Like the Christmas specials, or Christmas even specials different good, ones? But there's one, yeah, Christmas specials are quite good, but there's one called Don't Blink. Which you should definitely. If you're, I feel a, like I've heard of that. So basically, it's that's a standalone one. It's about a girl who, um, you know, in, in cemeteries with um, tombstones that are angels. Oh, is this yeah. the statuey one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I've heard about that. So basically, as long as you're looking at them, they're made of stone. The minute you look oh away, God. they can move. That sounds like an old playground game. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, so you're walking through the thing, and then you turn and look back, and it's gone from there, and it's moved, and like oh, they're, it's moving and moving and moving, and they if they if that they touch you, they dope. kill you. That sounds, that sounds really, really like cool. something I should watch. Like so you turn once, that. and it's just about to like. And like practical effects wise, it's really easy because yeah. they just have like loads of statues and they yeah. just keep moving them. Uh, and yeah, it's up to the actor to sell the. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like. That was brilliant. <laughs> you know? Always on the show. me jump a little bit. <laughs> BBC, my number is. Um, but that, so I'd go for Don't Blink if you're going to get into Doctor Who. Lovely. Or just, yeah, start on this like last season and just go in there and, and uh, it's yeah. really good. Really relatable. A huge thumbs up from me. Excellent. Well, so. yep. 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 I've got one. I've got two actually. The Ooh. first one was one that I found because I, I completed Netflix. When you complete Netflix, it opens up a whole new category of films <sighs> for you. Just letting you know. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this, there's this thing on Hulu called Dimension 404, which is basically the Americans trying to recreate Black Mirror. Like, we know that Black Mirror uh, got taken over by Netflix, which yeah, is cool. For but sure, yeah. Yeah. they've completely, like, okay, so Black Mirror is more about techie kind of stories around mm -hmm. futuristic tech and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas Dimension 404 just takes it straight sci fi. So every episode. Wow 
It's a standalone little short film nice. or whatever. Oh, I like it. I and they like deal that. with like time travel and like retro computer games coming to life and killing oh, you and killing you. All right. this kind of stuff. Like it's, <laughs> it's cool. Some serious. I'd give that a yep. Do yeah, the yep thing. Do the yep. Uh, which is uh, oh, what? Yep. Yeah, that was sick. Oh, <laughs> I, that was mine. I very nearly pressed the wrong button, which would have been this one. <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that. (laughs) And the last one is um, one of my favorite um, shows just came back, which is called um, The Leftovers, which is about... um, Is that the one with Justin Theroux in it? I think so. And Liv Liv Tyler? Yes, 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 yes. That's the one, yeah. yeah. And it's all about the... It's not not the Holocaust. It's not the apocalypse. It's... They had some sort of apocalypse thing, didn't they? Yeah, basically everyone disappeared. uh, What is it called? And they thought that they ascended into heaven. Yeah, the rapture. rapture. That's it, yeah. The show is... (laughs) This is the end. Apocalypse rapture. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) The world's ending. We know what's going on. Do we? You said apocalypse. I was like, apartheid? I don't know. No, definitely wrong. Definitely wrong. The rapture. (laughs) But it never actually says it's the rapture. And just the way that this show is shot is just cinematically beautiful. They're not doing the generic kind of show stuff. And each episode is like follows a different character in a different kind of way oh I yeah. get it now the yeah. leftovers I'm thinking the leftovers, like, like, I'm thinking so like bubble and squeak no <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> actual people this is all about the people who didn't like they should have called them the left basically. behind <laughs> that you, is a much better title then you wouldn't get confused with exactly. food the left, left behind the left behind <laughs> yeah but that's a really really good really good series I must admit, I've looked at it and I think I watched about five minutes at the beginning and probably got distracted by something. But it's a slow burner as well. That's a really thing. Yeah, that might have yeah, been it's one of those ones. I probably yeah. just went, don't watch it anymore. <laughs> don't take a lot. Not on Netflix, right? No, no, that's no. I just watched it online. It so has been I think on it's Sky HBO. though. Yeah, no, it has. Yeah, actually, and I think yeah. it might be on the box Sky set Atlantic. as well, everybody. Okie dokie, yeah. you'll find it. They think, let us know. So if you're listening out there and you want to like join in the conversation, I'm just going to like, if people are joining in, we're just doing film reviews right now. So let us know what you've seen, what you think is good, what you think is really crap, because if you go and see something it's totally rubbish, like help other people save like a tenner. Oh or, yeah, please do. Or 50 quid or however much it costs to go to the bloody cinema nowadays. <laughs> better grand. So what are you liking? Tweet us at Fubar Radio or email in chill at dot. Come, we're just gonna pop to some more music right now because what you got for me? I love it. Um, I'm gonna go for a bit of Solomon Burke because I love a song, and this is the song. And this is the song in Dirty Dancing oh. when they have sex for the first time. Oh, I love this song. And this, is, this is my <laughs> Netflix and Chill song. If I'm gonna do this, yeah, this is good one. Good I mean, choice. this is pretty good. So uh, this is Solomon Burke on Back Row and Chill. <laughs> I hope some babies were made in that two minutes. You're welcome. 25. (laughs) I like that I I come back in and you just cough. I'm sorry. (laughs) Terrible timing. Infecting the microphone. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Amazing. Uh, So we were having a little chit chat while that was on about the series 13 Reasons Why, which everyone seems to be talking about on the internet. For the good and the bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Netflix series which has got, I think, Selena Gomez. She uh, produced, produced it with her mum. Yeah, she's not in it. And I'm quite yeah. surprised that, like, she produced something that... I liked it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, like, any kind of, like, bubblegum. No, 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 at all. No. Maybe even her name attached to it might have hurt it a little bit. Maybe that's, you know? That is true, actually. That is a thought that crossed my mind. Yeah, but people might not take it as seriously. Mm. But the show's 
deep. Yeah, yeah. this is not Disney. Like this is not Disney. This ain't no oh, Disney no, walk no. around. No, this no. is good. Um, it's because I was watching it and my boyfriend he sort of heard it and went, "Oh, what is this?" And I went, "Oh, actually, <laughs> it's a TV program." It says this girl she commits suicide and she leaves these cassette tapes for people to understand the 13 reasons why she commits suicide. And he went, "Oh, that sounds good." <laughs> so when you see what it is, that's what it's about, and it's about this girl who who does exactly that. She commits yeah. suicide and she's left these tapes and all the kids, and so you're like slowly unraveling and you keep going back and forth between the present day and when she was alive mm-hmm, so yeah. the actual girl does get to be in the series a lot yeah um I'm thinking like how is she in series two? <laughs> I know because uh, she's kind of already gone like oh I left these uh, VHSs left <laughs> <laughs> these are the other tapes <laughs> the other tapes you missed them the first time but they're here <laughs> side BB <laughs> what um yeah so we'll just leave that to like <laughs> the writers to get matched yeah. with. Um, but I'm like five episodes in and I think that it does kind of, it takes off, it slows down and then apparently it just runs. So I'm waiting yeah. for like the post episode six run. Like, I'm I looking finished forward it it's to amazing. It. Yeah, same. It's so good. It didn't take me long to finish it at all. No. And then the, the second season, that's going to be really interesting, I it think, really, if they go there. Was, there. there was a, a lot of, I'm not going to spoil anything, oh, but yeah, there was no a spoilers, lot of, a lot it, of things left um, unexplained, yeah. you know, that could could spawn a whole season. Which yeah. is fair. Yeah. It's weird because it's got the the title's Thirteen Reasons Why. I know. <laughs> it should be self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be, but you know, maybe they. Oh, it's one of those things where it just uh, answers the question with a question. Yeah. <laughs> Thirteen reasons Annoying. why. Why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> why what, not? What, are the, what are the reasons people don't like it then online? Do you think? Well, people are saying that obviously the the subject of um, suicide and teen suicide and bullying and saying that it kind of glorifies it and there's a couple of memes flying around kind of making a joke out of the fact of, you know, if something's too much, you just die and leave someone some tapes. Wow. Um, That's a bit harsh. So it is, you know, it's harsh. It's harsh. But I think that it's it's getting... Then how do you talk about it? It's getting a conversation. How do you have these conversations if you don't say something? Millions of people are watching this and then they're going to talk about someone and they're going to tweet about it or they're going to look up the meme and watch the show and then... Maybe some bullies will stop fucking bullying people. Like Like we were saying, it's a big, it's a huge lesson to just be nice to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what damage you're causing to someone with some tiny little action that you're taking. You know, it might not be anything to you, but it might cause serious damage to somebody else. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not glorified at all. I think it's, I think it's absolutely. I thought it was very tastefully done as well. They could have like, I mean, I can't even spoil it. There's certain scenes where they could have taken a low road or just tried to play it safe, but they really wanted to like hammer home like the graphic nature of some of that stuff that she goes through. Which is, I think, is good because you shouldn't, um, especially these subjects. I don't think you should wish wash it. No, no, no absolutely no. not. Because it isn't a wish. You need to subject. show how horrible some of exactly. that stuff yeah. really is. Um, and yeah, so I'm I'm loving Thirteen Reasons. I just need to find the time because it's so hard to get. I keep diving in it and then having to go yeah. out. You want to know what my trick is? What? I don't sleep. <laughs> I never sleep. <laughs> That'd be. We'd one. all get so much done if we didn't. <laughs> no, I'm one of those beings where like I need like over eight hours, uh, or fair. I just I just I have a meltdown. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, like, I have a toddler tantrum. I'll and, have like, like two yeah, hours no, and like then just watch something else. No. <laughs> no, I go to bed at nine o'clock. I'm an absolute bastard if I don't get enough sleep. Yeah. I'm horrible. I need sleep. I've just accepted it. I just I can't do all nighters. I no. need sleep, and I'm very grumpy yeah. little princess if I don't get my sleep. Fair. So fair. I'm gonna do it. It's fair. It's Let fair. her sleeping. <laughs> um, right. So I saw. Um, the previews of a movie called The Shack, which I can't go too uh, deep into because it's not out yet. It's coming out. It's a horror. 
No. Well, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. I, uh, it was a very emotional film and mm-hmm. it touched a lot of buttons and I, I cried a lot. Um, so basically, it was a book. It was a book that went like worldwide bestseller. Um, I heard about it years ago and obviously now I made it into a movie. So it's about a guy who, um, he's a father of three and he takes his kids on, on, on a, a camping trip in the mountains, uh, like those American kind of camping places, yeah. um, without the mum. And he gets into this horrible situation where two of his kids kids go out in a canoe and he's got this little tiny gorgeous little three-year-old four-year-old or whatever who's uh, coloring by the, the tent and then one of the kids falls out of the canoe and gets stuck under it oh. so he has this horrible dilemma so obviously he oh, just wow. he, he, he jumps into and to save one kid and once he saves that everyone the toddler something has to, oh wow um, a paedophile's grab a toddler <gasps> oh my no! what yeah so what happens is obviously he's like mortified uh, because he had to save one kid and not the other how does that even like yeah so so he just she gets grabbed in a moment and then they basically they find her and she's been taken to this shack um, and that's where the body's found and he has to go and like identify the body so that's like the opening premise of the movie wow that's just the opener that just sounds horrendous already and and the movie is about it's not really about it's about dealing with grief Ah. and um, forgiveness and it's about so basically it's a bit of a it's a bit of a I think it's going to cause a lot of people going mm, yes or no but the core of the movie is amazing so he gets a letter in his grief he gets a he gets a note that says I'm going to be at the shack this weekend um, I miss you come meet me um, and essentially it's a letter it's an invitation from God he thinks that it's going to be he thinks it's going to be the murderer so that's why he goes up to the shack to like have it out with this guy um, and it turns out that um, God in three God and three people, the Trinity, are hanging out in the shack for the weekend and he spends the weekend with them and they basically wrestle out grief and all of the big questions that people have in the world of like, if God really cared about people, why would he let this little girl die? And it's very well done and the three people that you've got in the shack, uh, the main one, God, is played by the lady who was in The Help. Huh. I forgot the name of the actress. Octavia Spencer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, she plays, the they call, they call, they, they say God, they call her Papa. Okay. And it's just so good and so This mo- sounds amazing. This does sound and yeah, this it is like Oscar. I, I wasn't expecting you to say yeah. any of any, that. <laughs> exactly. It's you so- start with like some kids in the woods, someone get trapped under a canoe, and now she's no, talking to the oh, Holy Trinity. It's, yeah, it's going to be some middle, kind of like yeah. revenge story. Because no, 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 this- no, I was you know. thinking of something like Nocturnal Animals. Like That no. sounds very similar God, to like a grief. That was a great film. Aaron Taylor Johnson was amazing. But yes. Should have got an Oscar. Should have got an Oscar. I will never let that go. This is like. How, this is like how to deal with the aftermath of nocturnal animals if that uh, happened to you in real life okay. so this guy has got this huge vendetta he's got a lot of hate a lot of anger a lot of like he's feeling responsible um, he's got so many questions and the book he you also see um, his previous life when he was a kid and he um, his dad beat him was an alcoholic and used to yeah. beat him and there was a lot of religious stuff that he really like, went away from religion because of the bad experience he had and Basically, meeting there's a lot of there's some, some light comedy in it as well. But imagine meeting meeting the Trinity, wow. um, which is by this gorgeous uh, Asian woman plays the sort of the Holy Spirit creative energy of the world. Then you've got this young like Middle Eastern guy who's Jesus, um, and then you've well, got and wow, then you've they got, cast Jesus right. Brilliant. What the hell? Yeah, and brilliant. then you've got uh, Papa, who's this sort of like friendly mama black lady who um, it's brilliant and like. I really want to see this. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. She delivers some lines just so amazingly. When's it, um, when's it out? I think it's out next week, so um, oh, 
excellent. Yeah, we're gonna. That, that sounds dope. Um, yes. I was crying my eyes out. It's just like yeah. I mean, I've never like lost a kid or been in that situation. But anyone who's had sort of grief or pain yeah. or, or those real kind of questions, um, and it made you think, and it's made me. It has changed the way that I've thought about other people and you like we're saying what made me think about it was that you never know what's going on with someone no. else yeah. or you never know the reasons why to get to a certain people just don't be born evil mm-hmm. no 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 there is a reason why they got to that point they got to that point and whatever and, and it made me yeah. and it, this, this movie if anything you know religious your religious beliefs or not it makes you think okay other people go through stuff and we just don't know yeah um, it's not we never it's know not the other person's full it's story no, even not. what they tell you is mm-hmm. not going to be the full story because even as a You've person you don't know you don't, you don't know, know what you, no. some of the things that have affected you mm, in a certain kind of way sure, you know exactly. so I don't want to give up too many spoilers but The Shack was a good movie oh, take excited. your tissues um, it was not what I expected I went in not knowing I hadn't read the book and I was just wow. like and it was the main guy in it is the guy from Avatar Oh, um, Sam Worthington. Sam, oh. Was it Sam Worthington? Yeah, it is Sam yes. Worthington. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the guy from Albert, he plays the dad. Oh, wow. And he does course. a very, 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 very good job. Yeah. So, I haven't seen him in a while. No. Yeah. Well, he was like, filming the shack. Been doing this. Yeah, obviously he's doing the shack. <laughs> Hanging out with God. He's hanging out with God, <laughs> uh, which was just brilliant. Lovely. Right, we've come in to close, so thank you so much, guys, for coming oh, is in. Is that the end of the show? Yeah, no. Oh my God. <laughs> the weekend has officially yeah. started. Let's get this party started. <laughs> so let's go off, have a whatever you're doing, um, and we'll see you guys next next week so I'm going to leave you with a song right now um, which is Ed Sheeran lovely because nice. I've seen this going around the internet so obviously Ed Sheeran shape does that you. say TLC as well it is it is Ed Sheeran had to pl- at, literally had to pay oh yeah um, I heard about this had to pay royalties to TLC because the melody is exactly the same yeah. uh, for Shape of You so he paid them to use the melody so someone's done a, a official mashup <laughs> <laughs> Shape of Scrubs this is called <laughs> this is Back Row and Chill have a good weekend <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.